Man, how we feeling this morning? Winter Park, are we good? Man, I know you that are joining us online, shout out to our South Orlando location and our Sanford location. What's up, fam? I know they're going crazy, so let's give them a second. All right, welcome back. So, hey, no, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, uh, my name is Kenneth. I have the privilege of leading our Sanford location, and it's just an honor uh, to be a part of Action Church and all the things that God is doing. I've been here for about three and a half years. I had an opportunity uh, to meet Pastor Justin, and we had a cup of coffee, and the rest is history. So we've been on this, on this journey for a while now, my wife and I. And so what I love about Action Church is the generosity of our church. One of the things I get to be a part of is being a part of overseeing some of the outreaches that we do. And a couple weeks ago, uh, one of our partners, Convoy Hope, reached out to us and said, hey, we got some food. And I said, hey, we'll take it. And so we had 27 pallets of food uh, that we were able to then call Seminole County and said, hey, you need some food? And they said, absolutely. So we were able to do last week, some of the A-team served, all locations, came together and gave nine Seminole counties pallets of food so this week kids could actually, that wouldn't be having meals, actually have meals to take home. And so, man, I love being a part of Action Church. And actually, man, we show up, you know, like, so, you know, usually when you go to school to drop off, they think in a couple bags. We roll up like, man, man, you know, the Pinsky truck. We're like, here's some pallets. They're like, pallets? We weren't prepared for pallets. And so, 1045, y'all got to talk to me now. I heard that y'all are a little bit quiet, but I think y'all are good. How, how we doing on this side? Y'all all right over here? Oh, that's Eddie's side. That's probably, that don't count. That don't count. How's this side over here? Y'all good over here? I, I might hang out over here a little bit. No, but real quick, before we get into the message, I got to give honor where honor is due. If seven years ago, Pastor Justin and Pastor Stephanie did not say yes to the call of God, you and I would not be here. Our lives would look a lot different. So I just want to honor the house of the, of the church that God is building. It is a privilege to see what God is doing. Real quick, man. So today, what I want to talk to you about today is we're going to talk, we're going to talk about something that we all deal with. Look at your neighbor and say, you deal with it. Now, look at the one that you disrespected and say, you deal with it. We all deal with this. We all navigate through this. We all have to walk through this. And we're going to talk a little bit about relationships today. How many has ever been in a relationship? Every hand should be raised. I'm not talking about the girlfriend, boyfriend type stuff. I'm talking just a relationship. If you are here, that means you were born. That means you got a mom and daddy somewhere. So we all have been in a relationship, but today I want to kind of really dive into to what that means and, and, and have a little fun with that. And, and the relationship we're talking about is not just what you think in terms of relationships and dating, but it's your, your parental relationship. Maybe it's your relationship with your siblings. Maybe it's a race, relationship with your spouse. Maybe it's a relationship with your kids. Maybe it's a relationship with your boss. Come on, somebody. And if your boss is in the room, say, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? Or watching somewhere, amen. So, our relationship with God. We all navigate through these relationships. And the fear that I have is that most of us have seasons where we don't navigate through them very well. Because we, we, we may filter them through a lens of insecurity or, or lens of something else that isn't what God has for us. And I want to just give us some solutions today that's going to help us. But if we're being honest, maybe you're like me in seasons, Maybe you felt like, will anybody call me and encourage me? Will anybody text me and encourage me? Will somebody post a Facebook about your boy? 
you know, will somebody shoot an Instagram about your boy and tell me how, how dope I am? Nobody do it? That's me? I'm just talking to myself in here? Y'all gonna do me like that, 1045? This, no, this message is for not just for, for, for your neighbor, it's for me and you, your mama and your... I was going to say, if you're singing that, you need freedom, but I can't say that to Pastor Eddie, so... No, no, so it's no. This message is for all of us, fam. No, it's good, it's good. But maybe you feel like everybody else is living their best life. That nobody sees what you're navigating through. That everybody's like, man, they just, they just rolling. Like, they good. Like, nobody has any problems. Nobody has nothing going on like me. Nobody sees your pain. You're by yourself. Maybe there's seasons where you feel like, man, my life would have turned out differently if I would have had somebody else's parents, somebody else's crib, that's a house. Somebody else's, I know my audience, I ain't scared. <laughs> hey, hey, no, no, I gotta preach. Come on, stop. Well, maybe you're in a room full of people and, and you feel alone. Have you ever been to a party or maybe it was your own party? You threw a house party and you're in the house and you're surrounded by people, but yet you still feel alone. How, how is it possible to be surrounded with people and still feel alone? Because some, some, sometimes our relationships are out of whack. So today we're going to talk about relationship goals. Stop surviving. Look at your neighbor and say, stop surviving. And look at the other one and say, start thriving. There we go, man. Y'all ready? I'm getting, them, I'm getting them primed up right now. So I want to share a story about this. So talk about thriving and surviving this summer. My wife and I, I got three kids. I have a 12-year-old daughter, 11-year-old daughter, and an eight-year-old daughter. Yes, we stopped. <laughs> so we were going on a family vacation with some friends. We go to Tennessee. They say, one day we're going to go whitewater rafting. <laughs> That's not the blackest thing that we do. <laughs> Black people like chilling, not getting on water. But I thought it was, it was pitched to me that I was going to sit in a raft with a lemonade and float down the river. And I thought, oh, your boy going to be thriving then. Problem. We get there. Somebody said, come on, Pastor, I'm coming. Here we go. We get there, and they say, oh, yeah, sir, by the way, today is the lowest the water has ever been this year. Well, you could do basic math, or you could just look at your boy. I'm not the smallest one probably around. And the tubes weren't the biggest. So the water was low, and your boy's big. So I get, and, I, I, and the water's like this deep. So what we thought was going to be thriving, I was surviving all day, family. I was hitting rocks. I was flipping over. I was saying all the good cuss words that you can, because I had the babies around, and I had an action shirt on. So, I mean, I was just... I was just doing all the right things, but I was surviving. I was the, it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. I told my wife, we better ever do that. But the truth, isn't that like life? You sign up for something. You think it's going to go a certain way. 
but the water's a little bit low. There's a little bit of rock in the way. You're going to get flipped over. You're going to get turned over. See, we have that in our relationships. But then the next day they say, hey, hey, Kenneth, I think we got a better idea for the day. Maybe we'll go on a pontoon boat. I said, now we're talking. <laughs> so we rented a pontoon boat, have a lemonade, was listening to some music. Now that, your boy was thriving. I had a good time. I was sitting back. I didn't even have to drive. I was just chilling. I was thriving. Not surviving, but so many of us are surviving in our relationships and not thriving. What rocks are you hitting? And then the worst part, some of us won't even get back on the raft. We'll just stay in the water. And then we're just looking at everybody else, getting mad at them because they're having a great time. So the truth is, why would we talk about this today, Pastor Kenneth? Well, if I took a, a survey, if I took a poll of this room, most of us would rank healthy relationships high on the list of things that matter most. Did you know in a recent study led by Cigna, 40% of Americans have admitted that they are close to no one? So I'm not talking about the people, I'm not talking about the Americans outside. I'm talking about us right here. Four out of 10 people in this room feel that way. Feel that you have no one. Then it says 60% of Americans feel lonely, isolated left out, and misunderstood. That's six out of every 10 in this room. That feel that way. We're walking through life lonely, isolated, feeling left out, and nobody understands us. What a tough place to live in, to not be seen or heard, if we're being honest today, in a room this size. I ain't even got to say a room this size. I just gave us the math that we have that walking in this room. And COVID has not made it any easier. That's what the enemy would love to do is find us in isolation to make us appear that we could actually do this journey by ourselves, which is completely from the truth, not truth. But check this out. Outside of having a personal relationship with God, healthy, authentic relationships make life more enjoyable, perhaps more than anything else. When we have healthy, authentic relationships, even if your health isn't the best, if you have loving relationships, you can enjoy life. And you can make a ton of money. You can make a ton of cash. Have everything you thought you've ever wanted from a materialistic standpoint. But if your relationships are broken, your life will be empty. A poor man with a loving family and good friends is far richer than a rich man who is poor relationally. God has called us to be in great relationships. So why are relationships so important? I believe the Bible ranks healthy relationships high on the list of things that matter most. So we'll find in, in the gospel, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, where we, we'll find this religious leader or a really Jewish expert that was trying to Trap Jesus, trying to put him in the corner. But I love Jesus, man. Jesus was cold. Jesus, Jesus was a man. He said, the teacher, teacher said, he said, teacher, which is most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first 
and greatest. So that's what we're called to do is have a relationship with Jesus. And we're going to talk about that later. But then in part two, it says a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The Bible is extremely clear about these two relationships. Extremely. An authentic, loving relationship with God is our first priority. Hands down. And then the second one is a healthy, loving relationships with others where God has called us to be. Get this, family. Happiness is not about being with the right person. It's about being the right person. So many of us, including myself, want to look at other people and say, man, you got to get right. And we base what they need to do according to how we want to live. And the truth is, it all starts with me. It all starts with you. We have to stop looking and expecting other people to change for our happiness. Nobody's going to make you happy but your relationship with Jesus. You can't buy it. You can't, you can't do anything for it but earn it but get it through, through Jesus. That's it. But so many times we want to blame other people or put it on other people so we don't have to deal with it. Four things. Everybody say four things. Four things to stop doing so you can go from surviving to thriving. Number one, write this down. Stop hating on people. I, I put the G in there for y'all in the park. I would have just left the G off and hating. And then I would have got emails. First Peter, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 1. I'm reading it for the passion. So if you don't like that, go home and read the King James Version later. I'm good with that. I won't be offended, but I like the way this broke it down. It said, so abandon every form of evil, deceit, hypocrisy, feelings of jealousy, and slander. Verse 2. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Family. Jealousy leads to being a hater. Jealousy leads to being a hater. The truth is jealousy is a form of hatred built upon insecurity. So we get jealous and we get frustrated and we're looking at what other people have and what other people are doing. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to build our lives around this stuff and build narratives that aren't even true. And it's based out of your insecurity, my insecurity. And we will shape our lives and the Bible don't even become truth anymore because we see it through a filter of insecurity. But when you start to deal with our own stuff, deal with my stuff, then you realize, man, maybe everybody ain't crazy. Maybe it's just me. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a little crazy. Yeah, no, no, if, if it's your wife, don't say Pastor Kenneth told you to do that. I'm not, take, I'm not following that sword. Pastor, I've been wanting to say this to you all day. Pastor Kenneth said, you crazy. No, I don't do that. Then I will become Pastor Joseph. Okay. The truth is, we have to stop dreaming about other people's lives and start living your own. We spend so much time looking at what other people have or what you don't have. And you're not even living your own life. 
What if you invested as much time as you do strolling into your own life? As we're just strolling through social media, looking what everybody else is doing. If you invested just some of that time into your own life, what could you create? One of the things that we do when we start getting into jealousy and frustration is that we talk about people, family. This has to stop. As Christians, now we, God has called us to love people. But it's easy. And this message is just as much for me as it for you. But the truth is, when we talk about other people, man, it sets us up for failure. You know, it, it's great to talk about other people's dysfunction because it makes you feel good about your dysfunction. We love to talk about other people. But the problem is this, is the next time that I see you, I can't treat you any better than the last time I talked about you. So if I had some things to say about you, and then you walk in the room, my value for you has changed. And I can no longer hold you in that same spot. That is so detrimental to you. Because you have to treat them differently now. We have to stop talking bad about other people. And the truth is, and, and the, you say, Pastor Kenneth, what should we do instead? Instead of talking, we should pray for them. But so many of our times, we're, we're looking at people, and we're, I talked about it earlier. We want people to call or text us. The truth is, we should just start giving what you want. What you feel that you are missing, what if you did that for somebody? Man, I wish somebody would text me. When was the last time you text somebody? Man, I wish somebody would just call and pray for me and encourage me. When was the last time you did that? Man, I wish somebody would invite me to a party. I like to party. I have no idea what reference that movie's from, so if it's bad, it's not me. So all I'm saying... Why don't you have a party and invite somebody to it? Stop waiting for somebody to do something for you. Just go do something or be that for somebody else. It's amazing what that focus will do for you. When you're doing stuff for other people, it actually removes that off of you. You're not even worried about that anymore. I wrote this down. Stop waiting for the invite from the upper level and be the invite from your level. Do that for somebody else. So many of us want to fit in the circles of people that we think that are doing better for you. Newsflash, Sanford, Winter Park, those that are joining us online, nobody has it figured out. Winter Park, the marriages that you're looking at, you think, oh, they perfect. They are not. The relationships that you see, oh, there ain't nothing going on. There is. The filters that you're looking at online, social media, Instagram, you're like, oh, they fine. No, they not. <laughs> oh, she bad. No, she not. That's full filters and a whole lot of colors. I saw, I saw them yesterday. They didn't change that much. Thank you, little man. 
<laughs> man, I love y'all 1045. I thought y'all was going to be quiet up here, but y'all, y'all ready, man. That's so... All the while, we've got people that are around us that really want to be a part of what you're already doing. So what you're chasing and trying to hope that you'll be a part of, if you just invite the people that, you're, that are on your level or even maybe a step down, invite them to be a part of what you're doing. It'll take away some of that anxiety, frustration that you carry just by serving other people. Number two, write notes. Stop blaming everybody else. It's quiet in this church. Blame is simply the discharging of discomfort, pain, and anger. We often try to fault others for our mistakes because it makes us feel like we're still in control. Many of us, when things happen, we have to blame it because there's no way that that's on me. That is on you. We get, you know, the, you know it's not my fault. All right, some of y'all still need freedom. We, want to, we don't want to accept it. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. The truth is, it has an inverse relationship with accountability. That's what blaming is. I didn't do it. But we have to stop blaming others. If we're going to go from a relationship where we're, where we're thriving, sometimes you just have to accept the blame for where, where it is, where you are. Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Verse 5, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Some of us are blaming people for something that happened a month ago, a year ago, five years ago, or 40 years ago. And some of us got to just let that go, fam. You will not move past that. I'm standing here today, somebody that's never met my father, was adopted when I was 13. If I still held on to that, I would not be standing before you. I would have not been doing the things that God had put in front of me. There are some things that we are missing out on because we're still blaming other people. And we just need to accept it and allow God to bring healing and we move on. God has so much for you, but some of us will never experience it because we still want to hold on to that blame. Because the truth, some of us don't know how to not be a victim. We don't know how to live. If I can't be a victim, what would I do? If I'm not a victim, if I can't hold on to who I used to be, if I can't hold on to my past, who would I be? And that is what Jesus wants to come and do. I will make you a new creation. That is what he wants to do. But often we blame and we got to get away from that fam. And I'll tell you, man, blame, blame happens so fast, Pastor Eddie. Blame happens so fast. You know what I'm saying? You ever want to just blame somebody real quick? A few weeks, a few months ago, I was, we were going to play golf. I had my, my daughters in my car and my, my, three my three girls, and I'm backing up, and I hear, bow. I thought, oh. So I get out, and I look, and my golf clubs are under my rear tire. <laughs> Who do you think I blamed? Wasn't me. 
I said, girls, because when I'm mad at all of them, I just rally them all up with one, one, one word, girls. And they all come in. <laughs> Wasn't me, dad, I promise. <laughs> That's how my kids cry. So I know y'all may do time out. I went apart. We don't do time out. We got other options. So <laughs> they, they would love some time out, though, I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> so, so I quickly, like, girls, and I realized, no, my clubs actually just fell, and I, I, I ran. It was an accident. I ran over. I broke them. So it was my, but I wanted to district. It just happened so quick. We do that in our relationship so quick. Something happens. We blame before we even know. Man, recently, my wife and I, we got a new bed. Praise God for new beds. <laughs> but has anybody, be real talk, real talk, went apart. Have you ever stubbed your toe at about like 2.03 in the morning? <laughs> but it's still dark. So we got the new bed, so I wasn't quite sure what the post line up, right? So I'm walking, boop, and I was like, I said all the good Christian customers. <laughs> I said all the good ones, right? Boom, but who did I blame? I blame Hope. I blame my wife. She was knocked out cold. I was, boom, ha, ho! Like, why are you yelling at me? What you do? Why are you messing with the bed? And so I didn't do anything with the bed. Well, we're quick to blame. It happens in seconds. When something goes different in your life, who are you blaming? And why are you blaming them? Why is it so hard to accept the responsibility and move on? We have to stop blaming. The truth is sometimes we look sideways when we get sideways. So when you get sideways, we'll look sideways. Man, we got to focus on Jesus. Keep that focus on him. And that's really when discouragement begins to creep in. I wrote this down. Discouragement is birth out of comparison. What do you mean, pastor? Man, we start, when, when we start comparing, that's when discouragement. If you've ever noticed the only time that you get frustrated, deal with anxiety, is when you realize or you think somebody else has something that either you think you deserve or you should have. That's why sometimes you can be in a great mood and then you find yourself scrolling for 15 minutes and you're depressed. Like we're sad. I was in a great mood and 15 minutes on social media, man, I, what have I been doing in my life? because you allow that comparison to creep in. How do we avoid some of that? Man, looking to Jesus, giving it to Jesus, serving people. Number three, taking notes. Write this down. Stop letting just anyone in your corner. I'm coming for you, Winter Park. Coming from your South, Sanford. Stop letting just anyone in your corner. Man, who loves, a, who loves a good heavyweight fight? Four people. Eight, come on. All these people in here. All right, so I'm, I'm, an old, I'm an old school boxing guy. I love boxing. But you know, when, when, when the entourage comes out, right, you know, just a whole group of people that's coming. And then depending on what national, it could be... Depending on where you're from. That's not right, Pastor Kenneth. <laughs> but what I love is that there's this whole entourage. But when the fight starts, 
Where did it go? Who's in your corner? Stop letting just anybody in your corner. It says in Proverbs 19, a wealthy man has many friends. The poor has none left. Everybody's going to be around when the party's going. Everybody's going to be around when, 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 when everything is happening, when there's momentum in your life. But as soon as things start to shift, where are they at? You can't just let anybody in your, your corner. But then when the actual fight starts, there's only a handful of people that's around. There's a couple of people that's going to wipe the stuff off your face. It's not a matter of if you get hit, it's when. And who is going to be there to help you through it? Who's going to be there to pull you out, to help you between rounds? Because sometimes life happens in rounds. Man, you're doing good. Bop, 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 bop. And then bow, what happened? I did not see that left hook. But your boy said, hey, I got you, man. <laughs> you got a duck, though. I got you. You need people in your life, people in your corner that are going to be there regardless of what happens. When all the music stops and the party stops, who's there? Proverbs 17, 17 says this. A dear friend will love you no matter what. And a family sticks together through all kinds of trouble. Not everybody in your circle should be in your corner. Not everybody in your circle should be there. Not everybody has earned the right to hear your story or be a part of your story. You got to be careful with who you pull in your story. And here, Action Church, if you're visiting those online at our locations, you wonder, man, who's that? What's Action Church? Man, we are a dysfunctional family. But I tell you what we will do. We will love you. This will be a place you can call home. This is a safe place. Man, if you've been sitting on the sideline and feel like, man, I, I want to be a part of some dysfunction, come on. We're going to have fun. But you won't be by yourself. You're going to have people that will stand with you. If you haven't been to Steps, man, we're going to start that the first three Sundays of the month. Go through Steps. Get connected. Find out how you can be a part of it. We're going to launch small groups here in just a few weeks. Get connected to small groups. Don't do life alone. I don't know if you know, but there's pain in life. I don't know if you know, but there's some, some difficult seasons that we walk through. And if you can go through them with people that love you, that support you for who you are, there's nothing you can't face. And a lot of us have tried to do that by ourselves, but we've done it in a way that we have been surviving. God wants us to be thriving in our relationships. Man, in just a few weeks on December the 6th, everybody say December 6th. We're gonna have baptisms here at all of our locations. And if you've made a decision for Christ, if you've made a decision for Christ lately or, or recommitted your life and you wanna do that, it's just a, it's just, baptism is just an outward display of what's happening on the inside of your life. And we're gonna make that available. Be a part of that. There's some things you can do to get connected to not where you have to do life Alone, family. And number four, the last one as I close, write this down. Stop prioritizing man's opinion over God's ability. Say it again. Okay, I will. Thank you. My God. Stop prioritizing man's opinion over God's ability. We do this so much. 
we, we care more about what people think than what the Word of God says. How do I know that? Because we have the Word of God. We can read the Word of God. But yet we're waiting on somebody to tell us that we're good enough. And the last time I checked in Psalms 119, he said, you were fearfully and wonderfully made on purpose. And there's nothing you can do to earn it. It just is. It just is. But one of the things that we, we complicate with our relationship is with Jesus and with God, we just feel like, I, I don't know what to do sometimes. And all it is, it's a relationship. The more we spend time with God, the more we begin to understand. That's it. You want to hear God's voice? Spend more time with him. If my wife yelled in here, nobody would know except me. Why? Because she's yelled at me a lot. But I know her voice. And that comes with spending time. If Pastor Eddie yells across the room, I know his voice. We all know his voice. <laughs> because we spent time. And if you spend time with Jesus when he speaks, you will hear his voice. And it comes with spending time with him. What does that mean, Pastor Kenneth? Worship. Read your Bible. Get with one of our location pastors. We can help you with that. Just hang out with Jesus. I wrote this down. So many times we, we take our lives out of the hand of God. And we get in trouble. God cannot restore what we're not willing to surrender. God cannot restore what we're not willing to surrender. Most of us want God to bless something. Or, or, God, take this away from me. And he's like, well, give it to me. Well, God, I don't want to do this no more. Then give it to me. God, would you bless my finances? Well, plant something. We're asking God to do so much, but we're not willing to surrender. We're going to have expansion offering in a few weeks. Pray about God, what God will want you to give. But we're asking God for a harvest, but we haven't planted anything. We're asking God to take away some things in our life, but we haven't surrendered. So what would it look like if we prioritize God first and we put our issues in his hand? I believe that we would thrive more. I believe that we would stop surviving and we would begin to, to thrive. Get this, family. Someone's opinion of you does not have to be your reality. Someone's opinion of you does not have to be the world that you trap your mind in. It's an opinion. They're able to have them, but you don't have to make it absolute. It's an opinion. We get so wrapped. Oh, I heard they was this and we're done. Who cares what this was? What does God say about you? What does the Bible say about you? Why does this matter, Pastor Kenneth? Because it just absolutely matters whose hand it's in. It matters if you give it to God. Let me explain as I close. See, a rod in my hand will keep away a wild animal, but a rod in Moses' hand parted the mighty sea. See, it depends on whose hand it's in. A basketball in my hands is worth about 19 bucks if I get it on sale at Target. Target went apart. But a basketball... <laughs> uh. 
Oh, my God. But a basketball in, in, Le, in LeBron James' hands is worth about $450 million. See, it depends on whose hand it's in. A football in my hands is worth about $15. But a football in Patrick Mahomes' hand is worth about $500 million. See, it matters whose hand it's in. See, two fish and five loaves in my hand may be a, a couple of fish sandwiches for your boy. I'm going to give me a little po' boy, give me a little McFish. <laughs> but in Jesus' hand, it will feed thousands. See, it depends on whose hand it's in. You know, nail in my hands may produce a birdhouse, a crooked one. They're going to be very good. The boy don't work with wood. But nails in Jesus' hands produce salvation for the entire world. And you and I. See, it depends on whose hand it's in. So family, we've talked the last few minutes about four things that we need to stop doing. Well, I want to give us one thing that we need to start doing. And that's fully surrendering and trusting God with our lives. Whether you did that years ago, or you haven't done it, or you did it at one point, and you need to redo it again. I want to give us that opportunity today. Let me ask you a question. So what would today look like if you put everything in God's hand with every head bowed and every eye closed? What if we stepped into a real authentic relationship with Jesus? What if we began to put our concerns and our worries and our fears and our hopes and our dreams in the hands of God? I believe we will begin to experience more of what God has for your life. See, your victory begins when you release control and begin to trust God. Maybe it's time for us to make that decision. Maybe you say, Pastor Kenneth, I'm tired of just surviving. and I'm, I want to thrive. I'm going to give you just an opportunity here in a few seconds. I mean, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, You've just been surviving. Maybe you've had one and you've walked away. I want to pray for you here tonight. It's the most important thing that we do. When we shift from death to life. When you say, Pastor Kenneth, man, that's me. I want to come back to my relationship. I want to give my life to Jesus. At South Orlando, at Sanford, those joining us online, that's you. Just slip your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, sir. I see you. Thank you. Hands up all over the building. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Up in the rafters. Thank you. Come on, Sanford. Come on, South Orlando. And what a moment. What a moment. Everybody can put their hands down. If you're making that decision, I'm going to pray. Just pray in your heart as I pray out loud. Say, God, I hear you speaking to me. God, I know that you're real. God, I need you in my life. God, I thank you for your grace and I thank you for your forgiveness. But I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you're my Savior and that you're my Lord. Come into my life and make me different. God, I want to stop surviving and start thriving. I thank you for what you did on the cross. Now I want to pray for every one of us. God, I thank you for 
everything you're doing in our lives, that we would move into a place where we can thrive and no longer just survive. Thank you for the relationships. Thank you for what you're doing. We'll be so careful to give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's celebrate those decisions. Come on, Ashley Church.